Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is the Flowtrack Podcast. Rome Diamond League Recap Edition. We're in the midst of an amazing run of shows that we got going. I don't know. Amazing might be too strong of a word. Consistent run of shows that we got going. Remember, we're going to recap NCAAs on Friday and Saturday. We're going to recap that New York Grand Prix on Sunday and then the normal pod on Monday. But for today, we're talking Rome. Gordon, how are you doing, sir? Doing good. Uh, I wasn't expecting much from this Diamond League. Not going to lie. I thought it was going to be kind of a average, below average Diamond League. But we got some interesting results that kind of flip upside down a narrative or narratives and uh, makes us have to recalibrate how we think certain races are going to go down in what? Mm. A month and a half from now? In July mm. at Worlds. And mm. I, are, you, are you speaking about Sharika Jackson? I am speaking about the Sharika Jackson because she didn't just edge a win over Lane Thompson Hurrah. She destroyed her. Like, it was not mm-hmm. even close. It was night and day. It looked like JV versus Varsity. Sharika Jackson, man, she she was on it. She was on one today. She was Look, she looked like Elaine Thompson Hurrah, and Elaine Thompson Hurrah looked like Sharika Jackson. And that's a compliment towards Sharika, not an insult. That's a compliment towards Sharika and not an insult towards Elaine. They're both great. Well, Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I, there was you, a though. moment when I was like, wait, this is supposed to be the other way around. Yeah. Sharika <laughs> is supposed to be doing what Elaine's supposed to be doing, what Sharika's doing, and Sharika is supposed to be in the Elaine position here. But, Sharika just made that look like a night and day type race. What was your reactions to that 21 second run? I mean, I was shocked. I thought Thompson Hurrah was going to win. I, when I knew it was Jackson's race, I thought, all right, this is going to be fast then. Cause I don't think 
Thompson are on. Asher Smith and Milowebo are going to run slow. And 21-9 comes up on the clock. I actually thought it was going to be faster. But let's not forget, last year, Jamaican Championships, Shrika Jackson beat Elaine Thompson hurrah in the 200. She actually has a winning record throughout her entire career going all the way back when they first competed in 2015 in the 200. She has a winning record over Elaine Thompson hurrah. However, what's fresh in our memory? Tokyo, first round, something happened that last 50 meters where Shrika Jackson shut it down. She didn't even advance. Elaine Thompson, her off, fast forward, goes on, runs historically fast, 200. So we rightfully thought it's Elaine Thompson, her event to lose. I think she's better in the 100. I always thought she was better in the 100, but I thought she was pretty damn good when you look at her time, all time in the 200. So I think this was a combination of things. I think this was Shrika running really well. I think this was Thompson Hurrah having a bit of an off race. Because if you look at the margin, Thompson Hurrah to Dina Asher Smith, who again is no slouch, but you'd favor Thompson Hurrah in that matchup. It was what, two 100s? 22 25 to 22 27. So I think it was a combination of both those things. But my goodness, Shrika Jackson just ripped that curve. Like, they'll, they might need to, re- what lane was she in? They might need to resurface or repair that track before they have another track meet in that stadium again, because whatever she did on that curve was ridiculous. Yeah. The race was over after a hundred meters. Like I was like, Whoa, mm-hmm. okay. Game over. Like I didn't even need to watch the final hundred. It became Sharika won this. And then let's see who gets second type race. Um, and it is an interesting stat that you bring up that Sharika hasn't lost to Elaine Thompson Ra in a 200. No, no, no. I didn't no, no, no. She's realize lost. that. She's lost to her. No, no, no. She's a winning record. She's lost to her. Well, winning She's record. a winning record. Yeah. Okay. It's four to three well, now. 15, three. 17, 18. They ran twice in 2020, once in 2021, and then today in Rome. So it's four to three. If you go just since 2020 on, Jackson has prevailed in three of them, and Thompson Raw has won one of them. Yeah. Okay. So recent dominance, because I don't care what happened in 17 and 15. Like, that means nothing. She wasn't even a sprinter then. She was a quarter miler. You don't care about um, the Kingston JAA all-comers meet, May 23rd, I 2015? I think we all remember where we were that day. I, yeah, that's true. I do remember where I was. Um, but let's think about it this way. Obviously, great performance for Sharika. We still know Elaine thompson Ra is the best sprinter in the world. Yeah. If you had to create an order or make a projection for the 200-meter final in Eugene, Mm -hmm. is Sharika your new number one? Does this one win enough to dethrone the favoriteness of Lane Thompson-Rogg being the Olympic champion? No, because I think Thompson-Rogg, again, still can go a level up. And I think... She's going to be just – I'm assuming she's in the 100 or, or she's going to be first or second in the 100. She's going to run something very fast in the 100. If things are going right for Elaine Thompson, or she's going to be really buoyed by whatever she does in the 100, and she's going to come back and be fine in the 200. She just never seems like uh, – like she's taken losses in the 200 before. She's lost in the 100 before too, but I wouldn't panic. I mean, again, I think it was a combination of two things here. I, I mean, I think we're seeing what Jackson could have done last year had she just run through the line 
in the opening heat. Now, would she have beat Mboma? I don't know. Would she have beat Thomas? I mean, you have a hard time watching her run today and say that person wouldn't have gotten a medal last year. Like that was complete and utter domination of a ridiculous field. So I would still have her two, the Thompson Haraz one, but the Jamaican sweep in that event, if Shelly Ann runs it, is looking pretty good too, especially because no. with Emboma out. Jamaica's not sweeping the 200. I mean, the U.S., I guess it would, it would need to be someone from the U.S. Yeah. Because it, if it's it not going to be... someone be, from the U.S. Yeah, if it's not going to be Asher Smith, if it's not going to be uh, Cambungi, if it's not going to be Miller Weibo, if it's not going to be either Oboma, gonna be, like, it's going to need to be... It's either going to be Gabby Thomas or the right. whoever becomes the NCAA champion, whether that be Faber or Philly or Abby Steiner. The, the winner of NCAA is in play. Is what I'm saying. The sweep is in play now. Yes, the sweep is in play, but I. It's not going to happen. It's in, it's in play. You sure. But, you know. You sure? It's in play that I'm going that the Sixers are going to win the NBA title, but it's not going to happen. Yes, they're one of the 30 teams that play NBA Don't basketball. Don't you but it's dare not gonna do that to our Jamaican fans? Don't you dare compare Jamaican sprinting. The Sixers basketball. Well, That's a okay. curse. No, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just I'm saying it, it's possible now because Jackson being this much of a threat changes the dynamic completely. Don't you think? True. Yeah, I think Jackson and Elaine Thompson Hurrah will both finish top three. I believe that. I just don't think Shelly Ann Fraser Price will also be in the top three with them. I think so. Okay. I think Shelly Ann will finish fourth and then either the NCAA champion or Gabby Thomas will get that third spot or second spot. All right. That's, that's perfectly fine. But here's the problem with your logic. You're like, I feel great about Thompson or feel great about Tricky Jackson. The only person I don't feel great about is the best female sprinter of all time. Just not I mean, the jury's out on show him Fraser price and what she's going to do. Point. I mean, <laughs> I know the two's, the, 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 yeah, I know who has the fastest 100 time. I know the two is different than the one, and she's done more in the one than the two. But I, I thought the person who had the most question marks was Jackson, and in part because we inflated the Olympic performance in our head, and she didn't have that, that one. Like, she had some great races, but not that signature performance. Again, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't bet it and say it's happened. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm just saying the sweep is now in play for Jamaica. We got a comment here from Abigail Cameron. Mark my words, no American will be on that 200 podium. I think Asher mm. Smith will get that third spot. That's two wrong answers. One, an American will be on the podium, and two, Asher Smith will not get third. So, 0 for 2 on that comment. But I appreciate well, the comment, Abigail. We, and yeah. you did comment earlier that you thought Sharika would win this race. So, you do know something, but... I, I, Gabby Thomas is Gordon, Gordon's been Gabby on Steiner's fire with his 200 predictions all year. Just, just know that Gordon has a lot of credibility built up in the, in the 200. I just think, listen, just, let's just take this race for what it was. Like that was impressive. That was a blowout. I thought this thing would be, if anybody was going to be blown anybody out, it was going to be Thompson. Hurrah. Like that was thorough domination from her. You go farther down the finish order. Asher Smith, I think she acquitted herself nicely. Miller Weibo, 2248. 
Tolu, 2277. Kambuchi, 2280. Felix, 2297. She beat two people she should beat. So I, I don't really know what to take of that. You said you were looking at the margin between Miller Weibo and Felix in judging where she'll be in the, the 400. She's about half a second there. I don't know if that gave you the answers that you were looking for. Yeah, I didn't really get much. I mean, Allison Felix didn't really beat anyone notable. So this was a a wash for her. Like, I don't learn anything negative or learn anything positive from Felix's seventh place finish here in the 200, which is not going to be the event she probably runs. So yeah. um, this was not a... It was a no contest. It was like a DN. It's almost like a DNS in a way. That seventh place finish for Allison Felix in the 200. I want to read some comments before we move on. Uh, someone says there's the normal Elaine and there is post trials Elaine. We just have to see post trials Elaine show up again. Uh, someone says wishful thinking from Gordon. You best believe the sweep is on. <laughs> someone says Shriek is going all out for the 200 world title because of last year. She's coming in dangerous. Uh, Someone says, Sharika's best times always happen with Dina and Shelly outside her. Their fast start pulls her around the bend much faster than usual. That's interesting. That's interesting thought. We need data on everybody's lane ideal placement. lane placement relative to others in, in the field. That would be a fun thing to dissect. She was out. I mean, you didn't need any sort of advanced analytics to know she was out pulled away from everybody and she was completely gone do you think um, professional athletes keep track of their win loss record by lane like they know like all right in lane two i'm like 10 and four in lane three i'm 11 and two in lane five um well six and six i think they're aware of i think they're aware of the people around them and how that impacts their race, either positively or negatively. I do think that they are keyed in to that aspect of it. All right. Women's 800. And the, the one 800 that matters at the World Championships. Finally, <laughs> we got to see a thing, Mo, show who she is. Mm. She basically did nothing for the first six months of 2022. And then we finally got a real performance in an event that is actually being competed at Worlds. Yes, she ran some interesting 600s. She ran the miles mm -hmm. and whatever, a 202, yeah. 800, but she runs 157 flat, low, mm -hmm. 157.01, destroying the field. I don't really care who else was in the field. There was a couple good runners, like Ghoul was in there. She didn't run as well. Riki Lamont. was there. But it wasn't. It was. It was just like... It was like super, it was like like Wonder Woman and then Mortals. It just didn't feel normal. It's just like, she's just so much better. Yeah. She went out behind the rabbit and she was right on the pace she wanted. She got to the the bell lap in great position. And this was 2021, a thing, Mo. Yeah. That's what this was. And then the last hundred, it looked like she was running rounds. Last hundred. It looked like she was just cruising through. But then you look at the clock, 157.01, world lead. She's the best. She's the best right now. There's no – I, I know we're going to – she is. I mean, Hodgkinson has looked good as well too. But this 
was the reason why you're always so confident in a thing over the past year. It's not just how she wins. It's just the ease with which she does it that makes you know that, all right, if there's somebody else in the race, can she go level up? Yeah, sure. Because this was the problem last year. Not the problem, but we hadn't seen her go all the way through to a global championship. So you kept saying, well, can she do it in this race? Can she do it in the trials? Can she do it the next level? And then you're saying, well, she looked pretty easy when she did it at this SEC meet. But I don't know, like, what's going to happen? Okay, well, she did it at the next level up. All right, but can she do it at USA's? Handles that. Check. All right, but can she do it at Worlds? Yeah, she's going to go even faster. So to me, I just, I look at her and I think, we need to stop putting limits on her because some athletes, they make it look easy but it's a bit deceiving and then they get against harder competition and you're like, Oh, okay. It was actually hard for them. They just made it look easy. Like she cruised through this 157. There's no doubt in my mind. She could have run with, with comp, any sort of competition or if she needed to, like she could have run 155 high today. She was so comfortable last hundred. When do you think Mo is going to go for the world record? I think this season, post-World Championships, a lot of opportunities are available because there's so many Diamond Leagues after World Championships. So she could go to a Monaco where people run fast and do it there. So I think that would – I think post-World Championships, if she wins gold again, why not take some shots? Do you That's think she's thinking about that challenge for already? Her. No, I don't think she's thinking – I don't think she's thinking about that, but I think that's just the way this season naturally sets up because she's not going to shut everything down post-World Championships because there's still another month of good quality races. Now, will she have enough left in the tank? I don't know. Remember last year? They planned that thing perfectly. Her coach and her. All those four-by-fours, the open fours, indoor. Like Everyone's like, oh, she's going to burn out. She's going to burn out. Nope. Just got better. Got better every single week. So this year's different, but I would think they have that same attention to detail. And the longer she goes, the better she seems to be at it. So I, I think post-Olympics, she'll take a shot at it. Why not? Why not? I mean, you want she rarely is in over her head. The only time we've seen her in over her head was that recently, is that mile race at Milrose. And that's because she went completely out of distance and jumped into a premier level field. I'll repeat this again. One of the best 400-meter runners in the world ran an elite mile race. She dropped out with 1,200, but she was in an elite mile race. Like, yeah. Think about how crazy that is. I think, I think it's going to be crazy if we actually do get a legitimate world record attempt in 2022. I think we will. I think we will. She, I mean, she ran... What do you I can't consider wait for that. A, That'll be fun. What do you consider a... Legit world record attempt. I mean, she's already run 155. The world record's 153. How fast would she need to go out? You're her coach. Let's internet coach her. If she's trying to break, trying to run a 152, what's her opening 400? 55? 55? I mean, she goes 56. 56 is she'd have to go even, but I mean, Maybe 54. 
I think you just you're saying you want to just see it. You want to yeah. see her run a race with the intention not just to win, but to run as fast as possible. Yeah, I want to see and, her either break the world record or blow up with 50 meters to go and runs like 210. Yeah. Yeah. I want that type of race. I think we'll see or it. I mean, they're going to see I don't a know 210 why. or a world record. I don't know why we wouldn't. What else would she be running for at that point? I guess if Hodgkinson's, you know, and those other people are in the race, she doesn't want to lose. But, you know, just find somebody who can go out in 55, 54, maybe hang on for another 100, which there's not many of those people in the world who are willing to pace you, but try to find it. Start the talent search now for for a thing Mo's 800-meter world record rabbit and then get her get her through 500 and then see what happens. You want to see what her limit is right now because I agree with you. When she, The way she runs these races, you're just like, we're not there yet. We're, we're going to get there eventually to what her limit is, but we're not there yet. And the competition today was not able to get her anywhere near that, and she was still able to run 157. Were you expecting to see – Two men run twelve forty six. No, no five k. No, this no. This reminded me. You know, every year it seems like there's one big five k, and you never know when it's coming. Now that got kind of skewed a bit with the Chapter Guy World Record attempt, but Camelli going twelve forty six and Crop going twelve forty six. That's the second fastest Kenyan time ever for Camelli, and everyone. Rightfully, is like thinks Kenya distance dominance, distance dominance, distance dominance. You know the last time Kenyan men won a medal in the five thousand at a global championships. I feel like it's been a while. Twenty fifteen. Wow. So sixteen, seventeen, nineteen. So they haven't won one in the past four. Wow. Right out of twelve, they've gone zero for twelve. If you want to look at it from that perspective. It's all been Farah, right? Uh, Ethiopian dominance. The U.S. has got some medals. You know, Canada's been in the mix. Uganda's been in the mix. Like, Kenya has been a non-factor in the men's 5,000 for several years now. And maybe Kameli and Krop are the guys that are going to bring it back. I don't know. I mean, they beat Kajelka. They beat Berega. I mean, how many guys went sub-13 in this? Eight? Do I have that right? Is that eight guys? Yeah. Enhance, Colt. Enhance. Can we make that bigger? We can see it. They can see okay. it. It's big. Hey, that, actually, I shouldn't even have said Colt. Can you make it bigger? I just should have said Colt. Use your eyes that I apparently don't have. Eight. Anyway. The answer is eight. Um, I'm just... Yeah, anytime I see t- sub-1250, I'm just still like, oh, that's fast. Like, in my head, that's still, like, amazing to me. And to see it in a, in a Diamond League type setting. They were talking before the race, oh, Borrega, you know, he's got designs on something faster than Aragawi's 1250. But he wasn't even, he wasn't even there. He wasn't even there. It, it became a, a show about uh, Camelli and Crop. So, yeah, I was very, very surprised to answer your, your, your question. Now, what's this going to look like in a global championship when you have Cheptegei? When you have, Ingebrigtsen, right? Like, are they going to be able to pull it off then? I don't know. But they at least have guys in the mix now. So they have to feel good about that. Over in the 3K steeple, another sub-8. We keep on getting these sub-8s. 
Derma from Ethiopia runs 759 in the steeplechase. Um, is the steeplechase making a comeback? Do you, like, I feel like yes. people are kind of not paying attention to the steeple. You know, ever since, uh, what's his name? Retired. What's his name? Ezekiel Kemboy? Yeah, Kemboy. Ever since he retired, I feel like the steeple just hasn't had that, you know, that it factor. But now that we're constantly mm -hmm. seeing these consistently fast steeple marks, sub eights after sub eights after sub eights, it, it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly starting to turn and get more, pay more attention to steeple and get more excited. Because mm -hmm. I'll be honest, I wasn't really that into Bacali and, you know, all those other steeple wins. Not that. You know, there's 18 events. You gotta you gotta have a ranking in your head. You're right. You care about the hundred meter dash. Well, you care about the you had the mile, all that stuff. So the men's steeple was in its heyday. It was the golden age of the men's steeple because you had Kemboy dancing, you had the rivalry with McKeesey, who would punch mascots and do weird yep. stuff. And then if you were looking at it from the Americans' perspective, you had Jager out there, and it felt like every time he raced, it was about history. Oh, yeah. can you break the American record? Then it was, can you break eight minutes? And he has a famous race where he trips over the last barrier. Like the steeple had a lot going for it. And we started just taking it for granted. Now, is there an American metal threat right now? I don't think so. But the event, I agree with you, is back just on pure dominance. This was Gurma's third sub eight in the last 10 days. That's remarkable consistency for him. Right? Have you ever done anything in your life? Under eight minutes, three times in 10 days? I don't think I have. That's, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go back and check, the, check my diary on that. I'm not sure. But it's just his, his ability. Now, Albacali's still number one, I think. Right? You just beat him head to head. But I think this world record from 2004, Shaheen's record, 753, I think we might – See that go by the wayside this year with two guys sub eight and the consistency that Gurma is showing. Maybe not. We're still five seconds or so off from that. But you look, this is the all-time list and when the times are run. 04, 11, 2011, 2012, 01, 2005, 1997, 2011, 1997, 2006, 2005. That's the top 10. Yeah. El Bacali ran, ran a 758 in 2018. But other than that, there's nothing in there. Like there's no 2019 times. There's no 2021 times or anything like that. Like it's all from that previous era. So we could see, we could see a, a world record in the steeple this year. Moving down to the shorter distance of hurdling, the 100 hurdles. Jasmine Camacho Quinn, 1234, I believe. You wrote 1237 in my notes, but she ran 1234, right? Well, they had it wrong. They had two different oh, things posted. Let me look at the official results here. What are the official results? It's 1237 on the Diamond League website. Ooh, okay, so 1237, still very good time for the 100 meter hurdles. Um, Camacho Quinn, she had, didn't she lose recently? In Puerto Rico, in, she got that bad start. Yeah, in her, yeah she, bad start. she lost in Puerto Rico. Almost so, had a bad start today. I feel like this kind of 
reestablishes, like, let's not forget Jasmine Camacho Quinn is the new queen of the Hunter Hurdles. Um, do you think that this is a, a good sign for, not good, I, I missaid that statement. Do you believe that there's anyone out there that can beat Jasmine Camacho Quinn right now after seeing this performance, 1237 now in June, getting close to the Worlds? Like, it wasn't really close. There was this well, good field, you know, there were a couple Jamaicans in there. Nia Ali was there. There was no Anderson. Kenny, uh, Kenny Harrison, but mm-hmm. I don't know. What, do, what are your thoughts on Jasmine Camacho Quinn's time at the top? Do you think it's going to be continuing like this, mm-hmm. or do you think there's going to be maybe a few bumps in the road? I think she can run the table this year. I'd be surprised next year if no one gets her. Anderson kept it close. This was closer than I thought it was going to be. Now, this thought, they had to do a restart. It looked like for a second that Camacho Quinn might be DQ, but she was pointing to her ears like there was too much noise at the start, so she couldn't hear. But, I mean, you look at the final margin, 0.13. This one, it seemed – this is going to sound dumb. This is like when people are like, well, that football game was actually closer than it appeared. It says two touchdowns, but it's closer. But that – it seemed closer than 0.13 as I was watching it. That's like what I, what I thought. I was like, man, this is a little bit closer than I thought. I think the way she loses is she's going to have to have a, a mess up at some point. Like Anders, like this, when I'm doing the rankings, right, for this, this event, which I just did, I'll have to update them again because they're tracking it every four seconds. I'm not complaining, but it's just the reality of it. And um, two through whatever is like so close. It's like, it's hard to differentiate this group because like, oh, this person beat this one. So I had Toby Amison, Tania Marshall, Brittany Anderson, four, Kenny Harrison, five, Alicia Johnson, six, et cetera, et cetera. So like I had Anderson four. So you're thinking, all right, well, that's the fourth ranked person. Well, how could, could the second or third ranked person do? But in reality, all those people are interchangeable at that point. Camacho Quinn, we've seen her get to 12-2. We haven't seen the others get to 12-2. Anderson gave her a good race today. Um, I still think Camacho Quinn is a big favorite, though. Yeah. We did film a workout Wednesday with Kenny Harrison, which will be coming up either next week or the week after that. She looked good in that workout, but I feel like the time when Kenny was on top is kind of over, and Jasmine Camacho Quinn is the new queen of the – Hundred hurdles. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit though I about? Oh, hold what? on one second. A postscript. Well, I just say in the chat they say she hit the last. She she clipped the last hurdle. Anderson did, which is which is there why. You go. So, yeah. Is that a Jamaican fan the... making an excuse? Is that what that is? No, it's no. Good. They're okay. just saying that because I said it was closer. That's how I would do. It was clo- it was closer than it seemed, and they're like, well, yeah, of course it was closer because she was running and hit the hit the hit the hurdle. I guess I didn't pick that up the first time. I should. I was. Prepping for the show, trying to get everything ready. Uh, that was towards the end of the meet. Um, speaking of which, it feels like the entire chat is Jamaican fans. Um, Welcome. Put a one in the chat. Put a one in the chat if you're from Jamaica or cheering for Jamaica. I'm just curious. Only vote once. Don't do the thing where you vote one like 100 times. I'm just, I'm just curious. And you can put it two, becomes I guess, an 11 or 111. Uh, I yeah, want to say this. Just... While we wait for the ones in the chat. So we talk about track and field three to five times a week for an hour. Talk a lot about projecting and like who we think is going to win the 100-meter dash, the 200 distance events, et cetera. And we always have these takes about trying to predict 
who the best sprinter is in the world or in the U.S. or in Jamaica. And I want to be known that while I am wrong a lot, I'm also sometimes pretty good often. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know what my hit rate is, but it's like, you know, I think it's over 500 because 48 hours ago, I set the over-under of Fred Curley's winning the race in 990. I did say mm-hmm. he would run 990, but he ended up running 992. And I think that's pretty, that's pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to make this about me. I don't know how, why yeah. I started a segment out about me, but um, I think uh, it's pretty interesting to, you know, Fred Curley is exactly who we thought he was going to be in this race. We thought he would run low 990s, win easily. Mm-hmm. He did that. Showing that he's still sharp, showing that he's still fit. I don't know if I'm ready, though, to take him over a Bromel who ran extremely well at Prefontaine mm-hmm. or even the kid from Oregon, which we could talk about. But um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Fred Curley? Does he look like the, the Olympic silver medalist or does he look like um, just like a, an average contender for medal? While you were talking about yourself there, I went over. I found a replay of the race. Uh, I'm still on this woman's high hurdle race. She did break stride towards the end, so it would have been real close if she didn't. Uh, yeah, like you can't. Like she didn't like fall over the hurdle, but she hit and they, she definitely clipped her stride there towards the end. Also, it looks like we're about fifty percent. Um, actually, maybe even yeah. Now we're way above fifty percent. Now that I'm scrolling on uh, Jamaican audience. Um, what was your question? Curly, silver? No, I mean, this, Curly. this changes nothing. Not, he runs this 99. Changes nothing nine, changes. Nothing nothing changes. Does, okay. Romel, Curly, Jacobs, Coleman, Seville, Williams is my top six. Ooh. You keeping Jacobs up there? That's tough. I mean, what do you do with the people who are injured? Uh, I mean. You recognize that they're injured. I don't injured. have access to I don't have access to their medical record. Right, but he's run this year, though. If he hadn't run at all, then it had been different. But he's run this season. So we go another month and we haven't seen him, then I'm wondering about it. But, like, Warholm in the four hurdles, I kept him number one because it's like if someone tells me he's healthy and on a starting line, I'm going to pick him to win because that's obvious. Maybe we can transition yeah. this into some talking about a, a little bit about NCAA prelims from yesterday or NCAA semifinals from yesterday. I think Williams from Oregon is the second best runner in the world. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm counting my eggs before they hatch, and man. this could all look like I could all look dumb when tomorrow he gets like yet, third, third in the Didn't NCAA. But I do think he's number two in the world. I think Bromel's number one in the world, and I think Williams is number two in the world, and I think Curley is number three in the world. I I just listen. I don't know, he's man. great. What do you, you, you think? What do you think of the sprint semifinals? Yeah, I mean, he was he was terrific as he's supposed to be, but he still got to get to the final. And then there's also the whole collegian trying to do it on the bigger stage thing. I feel like in general, you're way more optimistic about collegians post-NCAAs than the record bears out. Sometimes it works. Holloway did it in 2019. You can bring up some other examples. Karani, I think, back in 11. Is that it? But there's a lot of times when it goes wrong. 
and it goes that is wrong true. quickly. I think I think he can make the team, especially because there's three non-Coleman spots. But I would not have him number two in the world. What do I have? What did I say? I had him five, six. I'm six, right behind Seville. I think him and Seville are. Even. I want to see Seville really? again. Has he raced again? I don't think he. Has. Where's Oblique Seville at? He's massaging his oblique. See what I did there? That's. That was. I wish you had a bad joke. I wish. Uh, someone wants us to talk about the 10K, please, because they're a, a big Dylan Jacobs fan. Yeah, I mean, before we talk about the 10K, I thought it was interesting. Javante Harding getting DQ'd in the 200 was a shame because he ran sub 20. Your first time ever running sub 20, and it gets taken away from you because of a DQ. So, um, that that kind he's of all was, over the line. I mean, he's all over yeah. the line, though. Yeah, but you know, uh, NCAA wise on the men's side, uh, Texas men are still the favorites with Florida now creeping in to potentially defeat them. So it's going to be like a Texas versus Florida um, men's battle team wise. But we did have a couple uh, champions, but notably in the track. Person who I thought was the most lock of all locks, Abdi Hamidner, gets third. Doesn't mm-hmm. even get like a close runner up. Dylan Jacobs ran a perfect race. It was a weird race mm-hmm. because Thanis Kyoko decided to do Kyoko things and run with a hundred meter lead for sixty to seventy percent of the race. That didn't work out. It never does, but it didn't work out. Eventually the pack caught him and then Abdi Hamid kind of took control of the race in the final 800. And then it looked like every time Jacobs was trying to make a, like, a push on Abdi Hamid Nur, Nur had an immediate response. And it just looked like there was nothing Jacobs could do. I was like, dude, Nur's going to respond to every single thing you do. You're, you're screwed. And he kept on responding. And then Jacobs made a bigger move with like 250 to go. Nur responded and was like, nope, you're not going. And then with like 150 to go, Jacobs did one more move and Nur ran out of ammunition and was like, I can't respond to this. Falls off and then Jacobs runs away with it with, uh, I think it was Mayer. Was it Mayer who got second? Yeah. Alex Mayer? It was Alex Mayer. Yeah. But Jacobs, man, hell of a upset. It's not easy. Like, I was impressed. He he kind of – it was a weird win because he won it, but it looked like he was, like, jogging. Like, it didn't look like it was a strenuous win. It didn't feel like he was, like, putting his heart and soul all out on the line and giving everything he's got and got his victory. Like, it just looked like a tempo run win, which is a weird way to kind of mm-hmm. win an NCAA title. But it, he just had such a s- smooth, calm look on his face and his body motion. I was thoroughly impressed with Jacob's. And uh, did not see it coming. Did you see who? How many people no. outside of South Bend, Indiana, had Dylan Jacobs mm-hmm. on their 10K champion card this season? But there's been in recent history a lot of upsets in that race at the NCAA championship for whatever reason. Maybe because they don't run it that much, so then you lock in on somebody who's a favorite just based on how they ran in previous seasons or previous years and not this year. But yeah, I thought nerves and run away with it, but didn't, we'll see what happens coming back uh, 
or Jacobs coming back in the five, right? He's yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Do you think uh, Nur still has eligibility? Do you think this changes his decision about whether or not he'll go pro or not? No, I hope it doesn't for his sake. It's one race. I don't think you bank too much into that. He's still a double Olympic champion or double Olympic champion. Still double (laughs) indoor (laughs) champion. Yeah, you know, you should go pro. If you win two Olympic golds, you should go pro. He, yeah, he's just, you know, you run the... You run that race ten times, you're gonna get different outcomes every single time. And he was—I don't think he was ever that big a favorite. It does your favorite thing. Talk about the Bowerman. I guess he's out now. Yeah, the Bowerman because it's just the way this thing works. It's just a single elimination tournament. So what does it fall to? Randolph Ross, basically. Ross Maybe, is still in the mix. Um, Makai Williams, I guess. If you—I mean, if anybody runs fast enough and gets a collegiate record. I'll be upset if they give it to Makai Williams because he he, he Discus. all started indoors. It's going to be Jerry and Lawson all over again if they give it to Makai Williams. Except different it's because it's Oregon. Is it Oregon getting this? Though? Oregon yeah, getting I think the they would need to give Oregon. it to um, Randolph Ross or Trey Cunningham. Trey Cunningham should get it. If Trey Cunningham goes out there and breaks the collegiate record or Runs twelve ninety nine. I think you give it to Cunningham. Mm-hmm. That's what I would give it to. Alekna though has the collegiate record this year in the the discus. Is that the only? Oh, didn't um. You know, Abdi broke the five k record. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you staring at? I'm looking at the collegiate record here. <laughs> All right. Aiden Owens. Aiden Owens, yeah. 85, 20. Oh, no, but Garland got it. Garland broke that, it, right? Yeah, Garland yeah. broke it. I just think that if it's, a, if it's chaotic, they're going to revert back to, okay, who set a collegiate record? And I'm just naming some people who had collegiate records. But, yeah, I think Ross, indoor, outdoor, you can make a good argument. Uh, all right. That's it? Well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We got no, We got to get ready for the next pod. So. Tomorrow, which is Friday, 10.30 p.m. Central Time. We'll figure out what time that is for you, wherever you're watching all over the world, based on the audience today. Most of it is in Jamaica, so hope you guys can tune in, talk NCAA. And then Saturday, what's earlier on Saturday? I forgot the time. Seven? Yeah, seven o'clock. Central Time. And then Sunday, 5 p.m. Central, we're recapping. New York Grand Prix. That's going to be a good one. Those start. If you're in this chat, yeah, if you're listening to this or you're in this chat, you should like that meet because that is really heavy on the sprint side. You got Knighton. You got Shakari. You got Holloway. You got Lyles. You got a lot. It's going to be good. Coleman, I think. All right. Thanks. Coleman there. Maybe Coleman too. It's going to be a while. The email address, uh, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for watching. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Thanks to Colt for producing. We'll talk to you guys on Friday.